Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. As always, please make sure you are liking, sharing, following, subscribing to us on whatever streaming service you are listening on. Leave us a review, a rating, tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Today, we're sitting down with Cleto Cordero of Flatland Calvary. Now, we had an amazing conversation talking about his musical past when he fell in love with music, when he started playing the guitar, when he wrote his first song, when he formed the band, and everything in between. We also, of course, talked about the band's new album, Welcome to Countryland. It was an amazing conversation, so we hope you enjoy it. Please welcome Cleto Cordero. Is it a musical family? Did you grow up around music with your parents? Well, they always had the radio turned on in the background. My mom had a little radio on a windowsill that they kept on all the time. I mean, she's she got it as a gift, as a gift at work. And I think, like you said, kind of knowing where you came from and stuff, I've thought about this a lot. And I was I think back to that radio just being on all the time. And whenever I discovered, you know, playing guitar and writing songs and stuff, uh, I think that um, I had a lot of music already in me because I had heard it just growing up all the time. But my, my dad actually uh, taught me how to play guitar when I was, I want to say I got a guitar when I was 14 years old. And he had a VHS tape that uh, he had tried to learn on. He still only knows a few chords like he, but he, he learned, he hit that ceiling and just stopped. But it, it was enough to kind of get me, oh my God, I love this thing. What is this? You know, and so outside of, you know, just him having that guitar and giving me a lesson. We're not like music's not like, we're not like a bunch of musicians or anything, but like people have just had guitars in our family and they played a little bit here and there, but nothing ever like a pursuit of, you know, diving head first and the songwriting and, you know, uh, the instrument and everything, but it kind of just happened naturally, I guess. Right. And with that songwriting, I saw, I think it was in around 2016 after you had released your debut EP that you were going through some stuff at your parents' house and you had found a note that your dad had written to your mom, a little poem. And you talked about how maybe he was better at sort of songwriting and crafting words than you had realized. Now, growing up, did any of that come through or was that note sort of something that jumped out to you because you had never really seen that side of your dad? Well, yeah, that, that, that was, that was funny to come across. I mean, g- growing up and ironically, uh, you know, I, I always thought English was one of my, in, in the formal studying, like I, I was never a fan of English and grammar and all these things. But um, I think when it came to like, uh, as far as being emotionally like keen to like, feelings and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know, I, I guess it just happened to be, I never thought of writing like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write like, you know, subject verb and like paint this picture using parts of speech. It was always just kind of stuff that was flowing out. You know what I mean? Now I've, I've since had to, uh, you know, study all that stuff and it, it definitely helps to know the language like to a T, you know what I mean? But initially it was just, you know, the outpourings of your soul. And so when you started playing guitar and your dad started helping you, what did your parents think about sort of that musical side of you since they didn't necessarily have that themselves? Well, um, I think that they've always been, number one, they've always been so supportive. I think, too, they've always been very 
uh, I won't say like, like, I don't impress my parents, but they've always been like, yeah, I don't know where that came from, you know, but that I think it gets something about music and to be able to craft it and create it on the spot. Like for them, it's like, it's, it's wonderful. And they like, it, they don't know where it came from in our family, I guess, but are with, within myself, I guess, but they're always seem to be amazed every time. Uh, and they're so, they're so supportive without them. I would, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I promise I'd be, I'd be a probably installing windows or something and some commercial building. <laughs> <laughs> and they say that music can skip a generation. So was there any musical talent like with grandparents or anything like that that you know of even just kind of sitting on the porch and singing yeah i've been told my my grandfather on my dad's side his name was dionisio uh he i was told that he could play guitar really well and he was kind of a jack of all trades like you know my dad didn't even know he could play until you know he's he you know the stories of of you know yesteryear of like when their your dad's telling you about his childhood and you you don't know what's a tall tale or not you know but he's like you know my dad was that kind of guy where he would oh that's not he walked by and you're playing guitar and see that you're struggling he's like that's not how you do it and he'd pick it up and we'll just start playing and <laughs> you're like what you know he could do that that kind of stuff so i mean maybe like you said it skipped a generation but apparently my grandpa was was a musical man of sorts so okay and was that the grandpa that had the house with the uh, sort of storefront to the house and, and the Pepsi sign out front? Yes, sir. Yeah, that was my dad's childhood home. And it's out in Redford, Texas. I mean, if you ask most people, have you ever heard of Redford? And they'll tell you, you know, absolutely not. They don't know where it is. And it's it's so small. I mean, you could literally drive by and miss it. But I mean, it's out there on the on the border. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where our family came from. And I used to go out there as a kid and uh, never got to meet my grandpa, but my grandpa was, my grandma was around, but, um, it was really, really awesome to get to go back and, you know, film some uh, music videos and just to get to walk through that, those, those, uh, those hallways again at my, my grandpa's place, but it was, yeah, it's a lot of history out there. And what age were you when you started going out there? I was just a boy. I was, uh, you know, younger than 10 years old, we'd go out there and my grandma was living by herself. So we'd go out there and help, uh, you know, maintain the yard and all that stuff and use the weed eater. And, you know, just, we were cheap, quick labor, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was, it was like that song, Miranda Lambert, uh, the house that built me is kind of what it felt like being able to go back there. It was very moving, which I, I'm surrounded by my bandmates and stuff. So I had to keep it together, but it was, uh, it was quite an experience to just get to one. We were out there just randomly like filming content for the new record. And I asked if we could go drive out there and they're like, yeah. And so uh, our, our fiddle player ended up pulling on the door handle and it just opened up and we, we weren't even supposed to be able to go inside, but we were able to save those pictures of my grandpa and the ceiling was all falling down in the living room. And cause it's made out of Adobe and walls were falling in on the side of the house and it just felt like the right place at the right time, man. It was really magical, especially like, that's the thing with music. It's led me out of my mother's home to go into this big world, to go see the whole country. It's led me to my wife. It led me back to my origin story, my grandpa's house and to bring these photos back. I mean, it's even whenever, you know, it's a double-edged sword that it is of traveling a bunch and being weary and all these things, but 
it's a, uh, it's also wonderful. And, you know, music's been integral to uh, now that I look, we're sitting here talking about it, you know, it's been there all the whole time and leading me to really awesome things. And that house, when did your grandma leave that house? Uh, I want to say when she started her health, you know, started to decline a little bit in her late seventies. I mean, they didn't want her out there. I would say late seventies, early eighties, they, they moved her down to Monahans, uh, Texas, still West Texas, but she wouldn't be out there all by herself. I mean, there's, it's not a good place to be, you know what I mean? If you're, you know, you're getting, you're old or you just can't get around or whatever. And so, so you found your grandpa's photos in there. So has that, has it sat empty there since she left it? Yeah. Well, she gave it to my dad. Uh, he has the keys to it. Uh, oh, okay. My dad and, and, and his little sister, I mean, but essentially, yes, it's been, uh, it's so far out there and it's, you know, there's not any people really to kind of mess around with it. I mean, it's, it just sat there kind of by itself, you know, I was totally amazed, like I said, to go in there and just find it just totally still, you know, and it's hanging up by its last little, whatever it's got left, but we got, we got what matters out of there. So, I mean, my dad's told me too, he's like, man, he's like, you know, I, I wrote it there in, in the post, I think, or a, another one that he told me that, you know, the only things that matter in life are love and family. He's like the rest of it's stuff, you know I mean? That house, I grew up there. It's, it's a part of me. It'll always have it in my mind, but it's just stuff, man. He's like, it, you know, but like this house that me and your mom built for all of you guys, all seven of y'all, like we're going to be gone one day and it's just, just going to be something that just a house, you know I mean? But it's kind of, kind of stark, you know, it's, but it's part of life, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And of course you already had the album out when you b- went back to the house, but being there and that experience, did any songwriting come out of that and that experience? I think, uh, in a way, the other way, like I had, I had songs that showed up in the record, like country is the last verse talks about my dad being from Redford and, you know, that's where our family comes from. And, you know, we're of his Hispanic in nature, I guess. I don't know what the right word is for it, uh, but uh, to get to go, you know, I, I'm writing about that here and wherever I wrote the song in Fort Worth and then to actually go to that place. And then that happened. It was kind of like, uh, it gives you goosebumps. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, but nothing, the only, the only song that came up within me of being out there was that one I told you about was the house that built me. It's like, it was playing in the background, but kind of something that you're kind of just taking in you know your brain's not really uh it's kind of too much for it to process I guess like it wasn't it was more just absorbing it all you know right and you talk about the songwriting let's talk about that you you talked about starting the guitar when you were about 14 actually let's talk about that because I saw an interesting thing on social media you said it was around 14 when you started playing guitar and it was sort of because of Lent because during Lent, yeah. you didn't have anything else to do. So you would just sit there and play the guitar. Yeah, that's true, man. I was raised Catholic and we had, uh, our folks would turn off the TVs for Lent every year, every season. And that, which happens, you know, in February to March or something like that. And I just got a guitar previously for Christmas and I had nothing else to do. So whenever those TVs turned off, man, I, 
the, the only, you know, they would have little loopholes. Like you can, you can watch YouTube if you're learning something or you can, you know, we can watch movies if they're instructional or whatever. I'm uh, making my parents sound really insane, but they're not, <laughs> they're all, they're awesome people. But uh, yeah. So I, you know, we had that, that VHS tape, put that sucker in and, you know, my world was changed overnight instantaneously. And uh, at Lent, the TV's turned back on after Lent ended, but I didn't stop playing. You know, I was, I've found my, whatever I felt like, whatever, you know, people use the word love. They throw it around a lot. They say, you know, I, I love pizza. I love, I love, I love this human. You know, I fell in love. You know, I, I think I fell in love with the, my work. You know, I figured out what my work was right then at that time. So I still feel that way about it, you know, despite, uh, like I said, you sure, man, you sure you shouldn't get a, a real job. You sure you should, uh, <laughs> something with security and all these things, but you know, it's like I said, it's leads you to pretty wonderful things. So you just gotta take the good and the bad and the ugly and all of it, you know, but that feeling still remains there at the end, at the end of it all. That's awesome. And that's something I always like to ask a musician is when the feeling hit of this is what I want to do as a career. And for you, it was then at 14. That's when you knew that you wanted to do this. I knew that I loved playing. I knew that I found what I love to do. I, I didn't know about like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It's when I saw, when I witnessed, when I witnessed live music, that was another thing that I didn't, you know, playing the guitar is one thing, but getting to go watch someone else do it in the flesh through loudspeakers and they're writing their own songs. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? It wasn't about the glory of it all or people there being, it was me being in the crowd feeling just, you know, it's leech anatomy. I'm, I'm there as a stranger by the end of the performance. I feel like everyone in the crowd, you know, I have, we were all there together, you know, and that, I love that feeling that, the power that music has and that that that, that concert was uh randy rogers band when i was 17 and so okay I, i've got to hang out with randy since i mean we played a show with him this past week in kansas city and to get to sit there and talk to him and it's like a very full circle thing you know what i mean where i'm talking to him as just another human being soul to soul and i i the way that i was raised my folks you know you know you uh courtesy you know and, and respect and all those to your elders and all that stuff and so i ever since i met him i've always treated him that way and just told him you know hey man you're my first concert you're kind of the reason i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm still doing this thing and you know it's uh he, he he never i don't think he ever took that lightly or just been like whatever man like he's just been a really good uh like kind of a role model to look up to or just a mentor or and just a friendly human being. I mean, it's been, it's been a long time since 17, but you know, here, here I am uh, going to get to write songs with this guy that kind of hooked me in the beginning. That is awesome. I love those full circle moments because a lot of the times when I'm talking to musicians, it's always what's next, what's next. It's difficult to look back at what you have done because you're so focused on what's next. But that experience for you going back to your dad's childhood home, it feels like you have a lot of times in your life lately, at least, that allow you to kind of step back and realize where you've come from. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's not a, honestly, a, a day that doesn't go by that I don't think about my home, my family back in Midland. I mean, uh, 
but then I think of, you know, my folks wanted me to chase a dream. They wanted all their children to chase their dreams just because mine is music doesn't mean it's any bit bigger or anything than my brothers and sisters that are electrical engineers or accountants or, you know, that's just the bug that, that I caught was music, you know, but they've, uh, you know, it's, it's just been wonderful to uh, see how far I've gone and everything and how far our band's gone, how far the music has spread out. But also, you know, I think of, my folks back home and you know them listening to these like as far as they know i mean they were they were watching us at the lone star bar right down the street bringing us food when we were making <laughs> you know 300 bucks to play for four hours and then we'd have to you know we couldn't afford a hotel room or all that stuff and i mean they've been there since the very beginning and to see it grow to a thing where you're playing for these large crowds and uh your name's starting to get around you know i think in a way too, like if I'm looking at everything in a, in a good positive light, it's like we were working hard so that like their support didn't go, you know, it wasn't a waste, you know, they, they supported us. They helped us out in the beginning. We kept it, we carried it, kept the fire going. And then we turned into a bonfire, you know, and they're still watching from afar and they can feel the heat, you know? That's awesome. And I mentioned the songwriting. Now, was it at an award ceremony in high school? You were asked to play the award ceremony, and that's when your first song was sort of accidentally written? Yeah, well, um, I got asked to play that that ceremony, and I was 17, and I had I had to eat my own words because I, I got asked to play this thing. And I said, sure, because they knew I was the guy that played guitar and I was that guy at school. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't that guy that was like playing for girls and stuff, but I was that guy that people knew played guitar. And so they approached me and asked me to, Hey, would you like to play a couple songs for this event? They announced Mr. LHS, Miss Popular, most likely to six, you know, and I'm like, sure. And I said, is it okay if I write a song for it? And she's like, yeah, do whatever you want to. And uh, that thing was on a Sunday and she had, you know, a month goes by that, that girl approaches me on a Friday and says, and I'm giving you the long version. Sorry. No, it's all story. good. I like it. <laughs> so she asked me on a Friday, Hey, uh, how's that song coming? You know, excited to play it on Sunday. And I'm like, Oh, it's going awesome. And it's great. And I was lying through my teeth and I would clean pools every, every day uh, with my, friend Roy Johnson he's a real person and I told Roy that day I said dude Amber just asked me if I wrote this song and I lied to her I told her I did I was like I gotta go home I can't clean pools and I gotta go write this song you know and so I go home and because I had to right and <laughs> I sat down I just thought about it I I wrote it and my dad came home after work that day and he's and I said can I play you something and I played it for him and he goes did you write that I said yes sir and he's like you should you should try that again you know that's pretty good and my dad's never said, hey, man, uh, you really good job at baseball or football or something, because I was never good at those things. But right. my dad, my dad kind of put that confidence in me. And then so I show up Sunday, play this song and man in the in the cafeteria after the, you know, the event, people's small well, people are eating sugar cookies and punch, you know, <laughs> a high school event, like people's grandmas and mothers were coming up to me and say, man, you you brought a tear to my eye like you put me right back. 60 years I was just sitting there I, I feel like I was 60 years younger and all those things and I'd never experienced that you know I just never had written before and so it made me want to try it again and so I caught the bug of like oh like 
maybe you should keep going, you know, and uh, just keep right, try to write another one. And not for like craving people's attention, but just that's all the, the, you know, the emotion that it brought people. And I wanted to pursue that, but yeah, it all happened because I guess I, I told him I wanted to write a song and I, I guess I had to hold myself to it, but <laughs> has that song ever seen the light of day? Yeah. Yeah. We played at blue light back in the day when we got started and our producer though, he told us, you know, he's very, Hey man, you know, we're going to always got to put your best foot forward. Anything you do, you know, if something's not up to snuff, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, I'll always keep it real with you. And he told me that that song was like, you know, it was a little green and then it, it was, it wasn't like the best written song, but I mean, it meant something to me, but I, we joke around about dusting it off one day and, you know, re-recording it and rewriting it, but it's got a good beat to it, but it's fun to play. That's awesome. And so from that experience, when did you and Jason, your drummer, you guys came together right around sort of well, high school, you knew him in high school. When did you guys come together and start playing together and start going out to venues and playing? Well, I would say after high school, me and him played our first show in high school. And that's kind of led us to like, hey, man, let's let's keep this going. Uh, we would jam all the time in high school. And then I think through that event that I just described to you, you know, some other thing came around like, hey, we want you guys to play this thing called rebel palooza and it's like you're going to be playing after the homecoming parade and i'm like heck yeah and so you know call up jason and we we uh build a set list man and we it's like six cover songs or whatever but <laughs> anywho i mean and we were terrible like i think we have footage of it back in like home footage but you know we were we, we were oh we're playing for our peers man and i mean since then we just after that event happened and we played that, we just, once we turned old enough to go into bars, 18, you know, we'd start playing Cigar Frogs in Midland and whatever we could around Midland. And then I think really heading up to Lubbock is when we started to play off, you know, play for our peers and uh, play at the, the Broadway, you know, venues right across uh, Texas Tech, right there where everyone's, you know, catching their after school buzz and everything. And, so we, we, we started playing around town at, you know, cover songs and stuff on Broadway. And then eventually doing that a couple of years, we got kind of burned out of playing cover songs. And so, Hey, let man, let's, let's try to, let's try to put music to these songs, you know, we've written over two years, you know? And so that's, that's kind of where the flatland stuff starts to come together. Right. Yeah. And so you form the band, you meet the other members sort of at parties at university and you form this band now going into your EP, your debut EP, was that just something to sort of record some music and have some fun? Or at that point, did you know that this was a band that you wanted to take places and you wanted to take them and make this a career? Like I said, uh, working with Scott Ferris over there at Amusement Park in Lubbock, he was very paramount, tidelist about, you know, you only get one shot in the music game, you know, or, you know, you can have failures and stuff. This is like, it's always, it's always best to put your best foot forward and do the best possible work that you can, you know? And uh, I, I always treated even making the EPs and stuff after. So I graduated from tech in 2014 in December and it was like, get a real, a real job or 
get in the studio and start recording these songs and try to do that right and so I was like I was holding on to whatever little freedom I had of college you know being a youthful person in college uh I just I chose the music route instead and uh started recording these songs and they got put on local radio station and then then we went to go play blue light again more people were coming out and then so we were able to I started to build from there you know what I mean but I, I, man, I always had, like I said, I just, I know one thing's for certain is that I just love, I love writing songs. I love the process of capturing an emotion. You got to do it in three to five minutes, I guess. There's no, there's no real time link, you know, but as far as like commercially listenable music, I guess. And uh, th that's what I chase. That's what I strive for. And so those, those early songs though, they were, they're not as well written as songs that, you know, we just released, but I think there was something in them that was truthful to our peers, like college students, younger people, the emotions that we were singing about, I think kind of hit with kids our own age. Cause they were feeling it too. They didn't want to grow up. <laughs> you had to, you know, you experience heartbreak in college for the first time, I guess, or uh, figuring out, you know, who you are, who you want to be with, what do you want to do? And so I think those songs just hit with the younger crowd the same people that we were you know we just chose to go that route instead of the other route I guess and when you released your debut full length those next three years you're basically on the road and you're gaining traction gaining traction crowds are getting bigger what was that feeling like after all of those years of just knowing that you loved music but not necessarily knowing where it was going to take you what were those few years like after the release of the full length and just the realization that this thing you love was going to ultimately take you places after all? It, it, it was, it felt like, so like, I think at any given moment in time, humans, whatever, you know, I'm getting all really deep or whatever, but it's, no, it's like, good. my brain, my, my brain thinks it's like, we have any choice. We have the choice to do what we want to do or what we think is the right thing to do or, or just running away from our responsibility. Like, no, I don't want to. Uh, and I think like, I think we just chose the thing that we were going to be afraid either way. You're going to be afraid to, uh, I'm going to get some job. It's going to pay a salary and I'll be fine. And, you know, I'll have security and pay off school and do all these things. But then you would be, there'd be this thing missing inside of you. Like, why didn't I, why did I give up on my dream? You know, uh, I think kind of putting it all in on, you know, on what your heart is telling you to do. I think that whenever all that stuff started to come true, it was just like saying like, Hey, you know, you just had to, you had to trust me. You had to believe you had to have some faith to see this happen because you already saw it in your mind, you know? Uh, but it, it's, it's never going to happen if you don't go out there and do it. You know what I mean? So I, to see people come out to shows and sing the songs I felt like uh that, that we did the right thing <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like we made the right we made the right choice we didn't i didn't sit up i tell my friends sometimes too one of my friends is songwriters jason Eady, and i told him man i think i'm gonna quit sometime soon and he's like yeah he's way smarter way more he's done this way longer way more wise you know written way way better songs he's like yeah i'm like yeah man i just but i just gotta got i got these seven ideas that i gotta finish i gotta i gotta finish them and then i'm i'm out and he's like 
you're going to be saying that for a long time, you know? So I, I always have, there's always, you know, other ideas, other songs be like, Oh man, I got to put this on paper. It's got to be recorded. Uh, so that whenever I'm an old guy, one day, God willing, you know, if I have grandchildren or something, they will be like, that's what he did with his life. That's what he did. Or, and then you can listen to everything that I would, you know, try to tell them, I guess that I couldn't, but I, I see it that way, I guess. That is awesome. And we're going to have to jump ahead because I want to talk about the new music before we run out of time. There's so much to talk about between there, but I want to talk about the new music and going into this album, you have a lot more co-writes than usual. It feels Mm -hmm. Um, only, I believe four out of the 14 songs don't have a co-write, but 10 do, which is quite a few for you. You are usually the, the leader um, on most albums. So what was it about this album that sort of brought that about and brought more co-writers into the process? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking thoughtful questions. Uh, like I said, I love talking about songs. I talk about it too much. So we're running out of time. So I'll get to your answer, but I feel like, man, COVID was bizarre. You know, it was a bizarre time for everyone. Here I am. I find myself I'm living with my mother-in-law for a year, um, Caitlin and I, because COVID got so bizarre. Like she was, she was living in Nashville. I was in Fort Worth. We had an apartment there, but in the very beginning of everything, how uncertain and like scary things got, like, you know, she's like, I don't feel safe here. And by myself in Tennessee, like I'm going to go to mom's house. Let's go out there and, you know, let's hunker down for a couple of weeks. Well, that turned into a year, you know? And so, I mean, I'm in this new place uh, we're going through a management change too, as an organization, we promoted our, our tour manager, Dylan, he's now our guy, but then we also get connected to Chris Cappy, who's, uh, runs make wake. He's Luke Combs, his day-to-day manager. And, uh, we get connected to Dylan and Cappy are now, you know, helping us steer the ship. It's going, who knows where, man, with COVID. Right. And all I knew is that, Hey, I gotta, I know one thing's for certain. Like I told you, I got seven ideas but I had more. I had like, I got to write all these. I'm going to wake up and do my part. They helped set me up with co-writes with other, you know, established songwriters and which I'm not familiar with at all, you know? And, but I, all I know is for certain, I'm like, if, if I uh, show up and I do my best and I don't BS these people and, or tell them like, you know, I'm not really writing with my heart. I'm just kind of like, let's write a song called a chair or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, I would go with my good ideas, stuff that I had, you know, I know there's a song here. We just got to keep chiseling at it. You know, I'd, I would bring something like that every day and we'd, we'd leave with the song, you know, and I, I really just, I, I don't feel like I could take credit for it because I, I was the, you know, I was there doing the work, if you will. But I think, you know, songwriting is a, it's a thing that floats above our head. You know, it's not, it's kind of things you hear and you feel, but I don't think it's totally, you know, conscious, like, uh, but I think you get some, some luck or some, you know, like Stephen King says, like the muse, you know, will strike you and it, he'll, uh, he'll sprinkle his magic dust on your paper and your pencil, but you gotta, you, 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 you pay for it with sweat equity. You know, you got to show up and do the work and we just showed up and tried to write something that we felt every day. And, you know, I was just trusting the moment here I am working with these people or, you know, they're helping set up all this stuff. I'm not going to get in the way of this and be like, I don't do co-rides or, you know, I'm just like, I'm trusting wherever 
everything is leading me. Music is leading me right here. Let's, let's try to grow and adapt and evolve. And I think we wrote, you know, the best record that we've released, uh, you know, then other songs might mean more from earlier years or just some fans and stuff, but as someone that's trying to, from my point of view, is like trying to grow and evolve and adapt, you know, I'm really proud of the work that we did and I'm proud of these songs. I love them. I mean, I can, like I said, I'd be proud to share them with my family who, who I know is still listening, uh, back home, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I just, I love the process of it. I love leaving your ego at the door and just seeing where, where is art going to take you today? You know, where is, where is going to lead you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And how much did you grow as an artist through that process of working with different people in a new way? I think it was a crash course in, you know, social skills, I mean, <laughs> uh, getting to meet people and talk to them, connect with people through Zoom who you don't know at all. And that was another thing I think that's, I'm not as, I'm not as connected as I could be. Like I could, you know, oh, this guy wrote this song with you and I probably should do my homework more, but I'm kind of like, the more that I know, the more I'm going to think about it. So I just kind of show up and do my best, you know, but right. I think it was, yeah, I'm so grateful for, you know, not making it uncomfortable or making it a chore. Like I said, I got to, I have 12 other songwriters that I can call that I have an idea of what they do. And I said, Hey man, like I have this idea. This seems like something you would do. Like, and that's what I, where I think is, you know, that's the good that came from it is just getting connected to other talented people outside of yourself and making stuff that you love. Yeah. Right. And another thing that was different about this album is you recorded with Scott Ferris back in Lubbock for your last two albums. And this time mm -hmm. you went with Jake gear in Nashville and that is a really nice studio. So what was that process like in stepping into a new studio with a new producer? Yeah. I, I mean, sand and porn, like you said, it's, it's a wonderful studio and so many great records have been cut. They're all on the wall all the like same trailer, different park by Casey Musgraves. I mean, there was some Willie Nelson records on there. Oh, brother, where the hell? Like, uh, it'll kind of make you a little bit nervous. If I'm being honest, you know, I'm just the first 15 minutes, we were a bit timid. And, uh, after we kind of shook the rust off, I mean, we just had fun and, you know, gear was a new producer, but he also, uh, in general, I mean, he's only the only record he's made before ours was Haley Witters is the dream. And so there was a getting to work with like he was new and in, in, in his role of like producing and we we're kind of stepping into this new thing of recording outside of our comfort zone in a big boy studio, you know, and I think we just kind of he would speak up when he needed to and, and pull back when we were doing just fine. And I mean, I, I was totally proud of the guys like listening to i mean we, we tracked 15 songs in three days and oh, wow. one of them didn't make the record but uh we have you know we have a take of it but i mean we worked together you know gear went went over the songs with me throughout the process of like through may through march and september he helped me you know once we agreed to work with him he was going over the songs to find tooth comb you know and i had that that that's eating a slice of humble pie for, you know, uh, the songwriter. Cause it's like, you know, 
uh, no, this thing's fine. I'm done with it. You know, but it's like <laughs> someone saying, Hey, what about if you looked at it in this way? And so that's, that's another skill I think that I, I think I picked up was the humility of, I'm not trying to say, Oh, I'm so humble. That's not what I'm saying, but the humility of like, you may not always be right all the time. And if, if you learn the skill of listening, when someone is actually saying something to you and you know, where it's the truth in it, can you make, you know, this thing better? And I think it did. So I'm, I'm grateful that gear, you know, I feel like he was, he just did a phenomenal job. We became, you know, great communicators together and uh, buddies along the way. And so it, the whole thing, to be honest with you, it, it couldn't have worked out any better for if people were betting, taking bets on the side of like, I don't know, man, new producer, new studio, these guys don't know each other. Like, I don't know, it could be a, a crapshoot, you know, but I think we did, we did the work together. So it was good. That is awesome. Well, Welcome to Country Land is the new album. It's fantastic. Congratulations on it. And I just want to thank you for being so open. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Brendan. Uh, thanks for listening and for listening to my long-winded answers. Man, I'll talk songs all day. So I appreciate you. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll look forward to talking to you again then, uh, maybe later in the year once the touring is uh, sort of wrapping up for the fall and we can talk about all the tour adventures that you were able to have over the year. Right on. I'll be looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, thanks again for helping spread the word and for what you do. And we'll, we'll talk to you on the other side of, of a successful tour. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much and have a great day. You do the same. Adios. Thank you once again for listening and thank you to Cleto for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out Flatland Calvary's new album, Welcome to Countryland, wherever you stream your music. Please also make sure to like, share, follow, subscribe to us wherever you're listening. And you can leave us a review, a rating. You can tell your friends, your family, your neighbors to come on over and have a listen. That support is huge. Thank you so much once again for listening. And we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Mm-hmm.